Hello and welcome to the Henrietta Christian Fellowship Podcast. The notes for the sermons featured here can be found at our website, henriettacf.org. Also, on Android or iOS mobile devices, you can find them on the Uversion app. Just click on search for live events and enter our zip code, 14543. Without further ado, here's this week's sermon. So the first thing I want to do, okay, is read a scripture that will at first seem to have nothing to do with what we've been talking about, all right? But you'll you'll see where where we're going with this in a minute. Psalm 11. In the Lord I take refuge. How can you say to my soul, flee as a bird to your mountain? For behold, the wicked bend the bow. They make ready their arrow upon the string to shoot in darkness at the upright in heart. Now, here's here's the scripture. Listen to this. If the foundations are destroyed... What can the righteous do? If the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? The Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. His eyes behold, his eyelids test the sons of men. The Lord tests the righteous and the wicked. And the one who loves violence, his soul hates. Upon the wicked he will rain snares. Fire, brimstone, and burning wind will be the portion of their cup. For the Lord is righteous. He loves righteousness. The upright will behold his face. If the foundations... Are destroyed. What will the righteous do? Now, and, and I want to share this with you. I'm going to be, I'm going to be speaking. Uh, Susie and I got you know, there's a young lady that uh, that grew up around our kids. Uh, Jenna Vetramal. She got married, and her husband and her started a church. And so they're doing a, a family night, and they want to talk to parents about parenting. And uh, so, anyways, uh, she she's invited Susie and I to come out and, and share with the parents at their at their uh, church about this. And so, and I said, God, you know, you know, what what should I tell them? And uh, this scripture, you know, came to mind. And then I started realizing it's right in the, in the same place as we are really, uh, you know, with what we're talking about, our conf- the confession of our faith. All right? Because if the foundations are destroyed, have you noticed the foundations are being destroyed all around us? Okay. I mean, at those moments when, you, when, you know, you're ready to agree with certain politicians that are saying, have we just gone nuts? I mean, you know, it's like, I, I, I mean, how, how can we be doing this and not knowing that there's something wrong with what we're doing? All right, if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? All right, now, I'm not going to be able to answer all that question this morning, but I will, I will begin to endeavor to say that one of the things that the righteous have to do when the foundations are being torn up like they're being torn up, all right, is you have to become very intentional and purposeful in the declaration of, in the living out of, and standing firm in your faith. All right? Look at the people. I mean, I, how many people have ever read even uh, one story out of Fox's Christian Martyrs of the World? Good. Okay, good. That's even better than I thought it would be. All right, good. The rest of y'all, it's a terrible book, but you should read it anyway, okay? All right? It's a book that tells the story, okay, of, um, you know, of just the people who have suffered and died for their faith pretty much since the founding of, of the church in the book of Acts. You know, up to, it only goes up through the 1800s. That's what it was written. But when you see the steadfastness of these people, the steadfastness of these people, that they are steadfast, immovable in their faith. But what I want you to understand is how intentional, how purposeful they were in knowing what their faith was, declaring what their faith was, standing for, for what they believed. And then when the time came, not backing down. You, you've heard the, the, uh, the, the, the phrase, you know, e- either turn or burn. 
Now, I have some friends that are Baptists who made it famous for thinking, meaning there's a, comes a time where you have to turn to the Lord or burn in hell. That phrase was a phrase that was originally coined by martyrs. Because there came a point, as you were walking in your faith, where you understood that you're going to be burned at the stake for, for believing the truth. And so there came a time you either had to turn or burn. And that's what they were talking about. Now, I don't know that we're going to see, see, see exactly those circumstances, but you know the, the degree to which the foundations are being destroyed to the place where you say something right and people tell you you're, you're awful, you're a hater, you know? And if you say something wrong, you're like, yeah, yeah, you're my bud, you know? It's like, you know, I mean, the foundations are being torn up. And this is a time, I want you to understand, you know, my, my, concern, my concern is that what we're talking about with regard to this homologia, I pray, God, that it doesn't turn into a mere habit of recitation. You know, I believe in God, the Father, oh, my, make him heaven, Jesus Christ, only sinner, like God. You know, I mean, I, I'm sorry, I'm not picking on anybody's religion in particular, but I, I walked into church one morning where they had been reciting a whole bunch of creedal things uh, since the previous evening, repeating the same things over and over again all night long through to the morning, and they completed 24 hours of doing this that morning. And they were about bleary-eyed and, 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 you know, and, and, and dull and, and, and just, you know, ready to tip over. That's not what I'm, what I'm hoping that we head toward, but what, I, what, I, what I'm wanting to see, because I believe it's what God is showing us, is that, you know, this thing where our heartbeat, you know, our life, you know, what, you know, what is it that I think about every moment? You know, what is it that, that, you know, that guides me? You know, what is it that I turn to when I'm not sure, or when I, even when I am sure, and I, I just want assurance, you know what I mean? It's like, I mean, what is it? You know, and, and it's this, this core of our faith that, uh, that I realize that, you know, this is where I stand. Why do I do what I do? Why don't I do something else? You know, it's, you know, I, you know why, there's, there's so many choices to be made. Why do I make the choices that I make? And really, it comes down to because I believe this. You know, these things that, that we talk about every Sunday morning, I mean, I believe all this. I, I can remember I'd been witnessing to somebody for three years, telling them about Jesus, quoting the scriptures for them, praying for them. <laughs> After three years, a <laughs> person looks at me and says, no, wait a minute, let, let me get this straight now. So you believe in God and all that stuff? I said, what was your first hint, you know? I mean, it's like, I mean, <laughs> all right. You know, but what I'm saying is that there's a lot of the world who does not believe that we really believe all this stuff. They think it's kind of unusual that we go someplace and spend an hour every Sunday morning and a half, and, well, because you don't know any better, you stay here for about three hours, but, you know, I mean, so, I mean, but it's just, you know, I'm teasing about you don't know any better. I'm glad you stay around for all that time. Uh, in fact, it was kind of one of the goals here was to, was to make this, you know, kind of a, so to understand how important all this is, that these things that we confess, that we, this, this homologia, this, this same word, this thing that we hold in common as that which has been revealed to us as, our, as, as right faith, and that it is the core of us. That, you know, at that moment when things aren't right, you know, I'm driving down the road and, and, and things don't seem right, and I look at the dashboard, right? And I check and I see my speed and I see my oil pressure. Well, actually, the car's speed and oil pressure. That's not, I'm doing fine. But no, the car, you know. And I, I'm looking at this, but I want you to understand, 
This is what we look at. You know, if, if something's not right, it's like, God, have I, have I lost something? Have I, you know, am I, am I not holding fast the confession of my faith? You know, as, as Hebrews 10.23 says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. That, you know, if I lose all other hope in life, you know, if the wrong person wins the presidency or something, and I'm just, oh, you know, I mean, the church has endured worse, okay? Just understand. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm looking at what's going on. I'm going, I, 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 I'm just like, I'm, in, I, I'm just like, I, you know, the last election was tough for me, you know, but this one, I'm going, this is crazy, you know, what we're dealing with, okay? And I mean, and when I see all that shaking stuff, you know, that God is faithful. God is faithful, you know, and so I turn to this. I turn to the, to the, the core of my faith. All right, we confess with our mouths what we believe in our heart. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. If you're not confessing your faith, best fill up your heart with your faith a bit more, okay? Because that's the truth. You know, sometimes we, 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 we're confessing is grumbling. Well then, God, I've got to be honest with you. Apparently, my heart is not filled with my faith, and I need to, to purposefully, intentionally, you know, I need to grab a hold of the things that you've revealed, and I need to make those things uh, the center, you know, of my life, the center of, of, of what's going on inside of my heart. You know, you know, okay. We have, we believe in our, what we do in our heart by revelation, because God reveals it, and by choice. I want you to understand there's both of these things. God reveals it, but you know what? I mean, let's go back to, to what happened in the Old Testament. All right, they, they go out to Mount Sinai, and, and God... Can you imagine that? I mean, can you imagine going out in the middle of the desert somewhere, you're heading out of Egypt, you just saw him part the Red Sea, and you saw all those things that he did to the Egyptians, and you get out there, and, and here comes, you know, and, 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 and the fire comes down on the mountain, and Moses goes up the mountain, and he comes down with the Ten Commandments, and by the time he gets back, he already made a golden calf. All right, according to Aaron, I threw in the gold, and out came this calf, you know, so. But... What I want you to understand is God reveals that there's still a choice involved on our end. There's still an amen that needs to come from us if it's going to make any difference at all. If, I, if there's no amen, it's not mine yet. You know, I mean, because God, God revealed. I mean, you know, there are things that the Bible tells us that the devil's in hell. Believe these things. And they tremble. All right? So what does it mean for us to believe them, you know? It means to embrace them, to make them the core. This is, this is what makes my heart beat. This is what, this is what my life is about. All right, so, so there's a choice involved. We have in our heart what, we ha what we've heard with our ears. You know, we've seen it with our eyes, too. You know, we're a lot more into seeing with our eyes now because we've got little devices that, you know, feed us. But, you know, but, but we receive, and, you know, and our hearts get filled with the things that we allow to fill them. All right, and so, again, choices. We need preachers in our lives, and I don't just mean me, you know, and I don't mean just me and Greg or just me and whoever's up in the pulpit here. I'm, when I'm talking about preachers, I'm saying there are people that God puts around us, you know, that, uh, that are preaching to us. All right? Gail preaches to me quite, quite frequently, you know, and, and so Margie preaches to me, and that preaches, you know, well, this one here preaches to me all the time, you know. I mean, you preach, I mean, I want you to understand, y'all preach to me. Okay, Catherine preaches to me. You know, Kai preaches to me. Dwayne, Dwayne's quiet, but he preaches to me, okay? I want you to understand. I mean, you know, Michelle, you know, you preach to me. 
You do. You know, and I, 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 see, I see how you're living your life and how you're raising your, your, your kids. And I say, you know something? You preach to me. You know, Chuck and Mary, you, you preach to me. I want you to understand, you know, we need, Don, you preach to me. You know, I mean, just, I, I'm sorry, I can't, I'm not going to go through and name everybody in the congregation so that nobody feels bad, okay? So, but I'm just saying, it's like, to understand. I mean, we had our worship leaders meeting the other night, you know, and the Casales preached to me, all right? And I, and I just want you to understand, you know, there's, there's times we get together and clean out your garage or something like that, and you preach to me, all right? And just to understand that it's like we need preachers in our life. We need people that God can use to get his message across to us, to, to show us things that we aren't seeing. You know, and, and, you know, and, and not just always thinking that, that, uh, that the person that I got to listen to is uphill from me. Sometimes they're right next to you. Sometimes you know, in, in, in the body of Christ, they're right next to you. They're right there. You know, there are times when the youngest you know, can, can, can be the person that just you know, I, newest guy in Teen Challenge preached to me <laughs> about my driving, which I then tried to fix. So anyways, um, but there are truths in the Bible that form the foundation of our faith that we ought to hold in common. All right? They are the points on which everything else hangs. Okay? That whole, you know, I, I don't know if you've kind of gotten to that place where I, I don't even hope in the course of my lifetime that I'll get everything that God put in the Bible somehow inside me and working in me. You know, I, I've gotten to a place where I started realizing I'll get, I'll get a bunch of it, but I'm not going to get all of it. You know, so I'm sorry. I have to smile. It's one of my grandchildren. But, um, but everything hangs on these certain things, all right? So we started looking at the hymnal creeds of the New Testament. I'm not going to go over the ones we've already gone over. We went over Romans uh, 10, 9 through 13. Famous uh, scripture that people share a lot of times when they're trying to lead somebody to Christ. Uh, Romans 1, 3 through 4, and talking about Jesus and who exactly he is. And 1 Corinthians 11, 23 through 29, about the Lord's table. You know, and then we come to this scripture in 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4. Now I make known to you, brethren, listen to this. I make known to you, brethren, the gospel which I preach to you, which also you received, in which you stand, by which you are also saved, if you hold fast the word which I preach to you. All right, so he's about to tell us something here that was the core of the message that he was preaching. And this is the Apostle Paul telling them, look, he says, I make known to you, brethren, the gospel which I preach to you. So he said, look, I gave you revelation, which you also received. You, you embraced it. You chose. I revealed you chose. You grabbed it. Okay, in which you stand. What is it that we're standing in? By which you are saved if you hold fast the word which I preach to you, unless you believed in vain. And we don't have time to go into the whole argument about that. For I delivered to you as of first importance. I delivered to you something that was of first importance. In other words, if I had to come to town and say one thing and then leave town and never speak to you again, this would be the one thing I would tell you. For I, I delivered to you as of first importance what also I received. Christ died for your sins according to the Scriptures. He was buried and he was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures. Okay, he said, that's the gospel. If you believe it, you're saved. Now, that doesn't mean there's nothing else God wants to do in your life. But you want to be saved? Believe with all your heart that, that, that Jesus Christ, he died for our sins, he was, he was buried, and he was raised from the dead. You're saved. We'll work on your doctrine and all that stuff later, but, you know, but just so you know, this is the core of our faith. That the difference between me and somebody who will spend eternity apart from Christ is that I heard this message and I received it. I said, yes, amen. 
Amen to what God has revealed. See, we're, we're moving quicker. Or we're on the other side here, okay? Now, this one here, this, is, this one is just packed, okay? This is uh, the doctrine of Christ laid out in just a few verses in Scripture. Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 through 20. He, meaning Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created. Why does he keep these things around? I don't know. Okay. This is you. This is you. This is, this is human DNA, a map. All right? It is three feet wide. It is nine to five feet tall. All right? And you have to squint to see not all the information that's in your DNA, but just the map of where it's located. Oops, doesn't explain this. Yeah, yeah. People say, oh, no, it's more complicated than this. Yeah, it's more like, oops, 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 oops. You know, I mean, you know, you know, I mean no. Flip a couple of switches on this baby, and you're going to have trouble. Well, maybe radiation caused mutations, and that's how we got here. Of course, we all remember Chernobyl, right? And how we all rushed over to see the improvements. Yeah, I don't, I'm, I'm going for the idea that that doesn't explain it either, okay? Jesus Christ explains this. Francis Collins, he was the guy in charge of the United States Government Human Genome Project. Started as an atheist. He hadn't even finished this chart. And he became a Christian. A student over in England had a philosophy professor named Anthony Flew. Anthony Flew for his entire career, and he was old. Older than me, okay, young people? <laughs> so anyways, yeah. So anyways... He had preached for his entire career. There's no scientific evidence for the existence of God. One of his students brought this chart to him, gave it to him. He went away three days later. And he came back and he said, I can no longer say that there's no scientific evidence for the existence of God. All right. He became a deist, which means he believes there's a God, but God went away. All right. I don't know that he became a Christian before he died, but he sure did shift from being a guy who said there's no evidence for the existence of God. I actually had this here for you, remember? Yeah. I never took it home. If you want to get a closer look, I'll leave it over here. You can look at it. All right. So that was free. I, that wasn't even in the sermon. All right. Okay. Hmm? Yes, it was, yeah. By him, all things were created, including you, both in the heavens and on earth, visible, invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. Remember, we don't wrestle against you know, you know, you know, flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, and spiritual wicked in high places. Principalities, powers, and that, that, those high places, that, that, was, that was all created by him for himself. It's in rebellion, okay? It's out there, you know, it's inhabited by demons and all that sort of thing now. I mean, the, the, the world powers are not in a good place to serve God unless they really do some pretty deep repentance. But uh, they, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. If you remember seeing uh, Louis Giglio's thing about laminin, you know, on this, the little thing that holds everything together, like in reality here, is this, anything alive anyways, this little thing called lamina, it's a little protein that's shaped like a cross. <laughs> that's just, that was just God's sense of humor. <laughs> just for those moments when you wanted something funny to say to your atheist friend. Anyways, um, 
Yeah, he is also the head of the body, the church. Now, wait a minute. So the, the, the one who made everything, the one who, you know, you know that thing where you're trying to get promoted, you know, you're trying to get the better job and all that sort of thing, you know, you're saying, thinking, it's just like, what am I going to do next, you know, and that early peak syndrome because you went to, to the moon when you were 21, and you know, now what are you going to do? And he created everything for himself, and then he became the head of the church. Let that just soak in for a second. Right now, Jesus' primary occupation is being the head of the church. His primary occupation today is interceding for and leading us. Uh-oh. Wait a minute. So anyway, so, so what is Jesus thinking about in heaven right now? And the answer would be us. Yeah? Okay? He's also the head of the body of the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. Okay, so he's also the beginning of life. Right? He's the firstborn from the dead so that he himself will come to have first place in everything. For it was the Father's good pleasure for all the fullness to dwell in him and through him to reconcile all things to himself, having made peace through the blood of his cross, through him I say whether things on earth or things in heaven. So let's summarize. He's the image of the invisible God. It was the Father's good pleasure for all the fullness to dwell in him. By him all things were created. All things have been created through him and for him. He's before all things. In him all things hold together. He's the head of the body of the church. He's the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. Through him the Father reconciles all things to himself through the blood of his cross. Now we're going we're to take a moment and look at that. There's a second sheet. I don't know if you all got it, but, uh, but there's a little summary of this where we set it all in order. All these things and all these scriptures, set it all in order and wait till you see like, how this starts to unfold. Philippians 2, 5 through 11. Have this attitude in yourselves that was also in Christ Jesus. Wait a minute, so it isn't just describing Jesus. We're supposed to be this way too. How about that? Who, also, who although he existed in the form of God, didn't regard equality with God a thing to be grasped? He emptied himself, taking on the form of a bondservant, one of us, and being made in likeness of men, being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. For this reason, God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name. So that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow of those who are in heaven, those that are in earth and under the earth, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That's, that scripture, I should just probably preach the whole sermon on that, that one, one week uh, because you have to understand what's happening here. Jesus had the name that was above every name, okay, as the Son of God in heaven for eternity. He already had the name Yahweh. All right, so what's happening here? God became man, and now this God-man has received that same name so that everybody understands something. That it's interesting. That the word, if you take the word Yahweh in the Old Testament and bring it into the New Testament, that which, in the Old Testament, by the way, when you come across the word Lord, normally the word Lord is the, word, is the name Yahweh. All right, so when you bring that into the New Testament Greek, that word Lord is kurios. Okay, the Septuagint version of the Bible, it's a Greek translation of the Old Testament. Yahweh is kurios. And it says at the end, of so that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is kurios to the glory of God the Father. And all of a sudden, God has been God through this whole context. He needs to be identified as God to the glory of God the Father. Okay, because we're now seeing the glorification of God the Son. So Jesus, God the Son took on a human body. He went to the cross He's highly exalted. Jesus Christ is Lord. 
Jesus Christ is Lord. Now, if you didn't get one of these, there's some on the back table there, and there's some out in the, in the hallway there, but this, this is the homologia. I took, what I did, I took all that, all we've been talking about for a couple weeks here, and I said, let's take all that, and, uh, and, I, and I just said, okay, now let's, let's set it in an order that, that, that flows a little nicer, okay? Because we've been, it's very hard to remember all that, okay? You know, you know, it's almost random-seeming kind of presentations of and repetitions of and everything. So, so here's what we get. And with this, I want to encourage you to take hold of these things as I'm saying them and just say amen to them. Take this thing home with you and stick it somewhere where you're going to see it often enough. I'd like to believe that that place would be inside your Bible. <laughs> Do your daily Bible reading and pull this baby out and just... Uh, Go through and just put your finger on one of them babies or a couple of them and just say, Let's, let me just see. So Jesus is eternal. He's before all things. Amen? Amen? Amen. Oh, that was weak. Jesus created everything for himself. Amen? Amen. That includes you. Amen? Amen. Jesus is the image, the fullness of God. Amen? Amen? Jesus Christ is Lord of all. Amen? Jesus is the Son of God. Amen. The Son of God was born into a human body, and he was a descendant of David. Now, we, we talked about why that was important. Maybe the other week, amen. But yeah, he, he, he had to be the eternal Son of God to affect salvation for everybody, but he had to be a man. And according to prophecy, he had to be a certain man. He was that certain man. Amen. Christ went to the cross and died for our sins. Amen. Christ was buried. Amen. God raised him from the dead. Amen. Hallelujah. That's right, because if Christ is not risen, then our faith is in vain. Through Jesus, the Father reconciles all things to himself. Amen. That means I can enter into his presence with confidence. You know? I mean, there's this whole thing about, you know, about prayer and the nature of it. And I know some people really kind of wrestle with this, but most of the words for prayer mean to plead or to beg or to ask, you know. But it's like, you have to understand that when you grasp all this, I'm not asking from somebody who's trying to figure out reasons not to answer my prayers. I'm asking of somebody who is a, a willing, generous, abundant giver who's desirous of, of, of answering those prayers. So then we come to this whole idea of this ordinance of communion. That we are invited to the Lord's table. Amen? Amen. Amen. We're invited to the Lord's table. The one who we've been reconciled with. He set a table and he said, this is where you will remember Jesus' death until he comes. And then he says, you, come. Come. Come to the table. We are saved by believing the gospel. If we call on the name of the Lord, we will be saved. Amen. Amen. Jesus is the head of the body, the church. Amen. Jesus is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. Amen. And Jesus is highly exalted. Amen. Now, if that seemed like a lot to you, it is. My word, that's a lot. That's a lot. It's a lot to, you know, it's, whoa, you get to the end, and you're sort of feeling like a little bit like, wow, it's like almost too much. And that's why I encourage you, take it up a little at a time and get that stuff to the place where this becomes, because this is just the word. All I did was took, took the Bible and just, you know, put it in, in order on a page, you know. And that's all we're doing here is just saying what God said 
I believe it. I receive it. It's mine. Amen. Because if the foundations are destroyed, this is a foundation, folks. This is a foundation. There's more to it. We all know that. All right? There's more to it. But, but this is core. This is, this is the thing, you know, I, I, I'm a follower of Jesus. What does that mean? Well, this is, this is what it means, okay? I mean, you, you, you could probably add, there's a whole back to that thing is blank. You, you could add the rest of the stuff that God has made special to you personally, individually. But the, on the front of this page, it's just from several places that we know are notable places in the New Testament where our faith was declared. This is what it declares. And so, Father, we pray this day, Lord, as we, as we stand here clutching in our, in our hands, the core of what you revealed about yourself to us, that which makes us yours, that which means that our lives are lived for you, that we're different, and that we are witnesses to this world. Father, that which you've given to us, that which you've revealed, Lord, we say amen. And uh, Lord, we understand that sometimes our amens may be a little weak when we first are confronted with these things. But Lord, we desire that that amen in our heart become resounding. That those things which you have revealed to us, we're going to walk in them. Those things that you've revealed to us, they're, they're going to be that which makes our hearts beat. We're going to live this faith. And if the foundations be destroyed, we will stand on a sure foundation. And uh, we will be a witness to the world, what, what, whatever comes. Lord, we ask this of you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks so much for listening to this podcast brought to you every week by Henrietta Christian Fellowship located at 1085 Middle Road in Rush, New York. If you have a prayer request or a need, we want you to know that we're here for you. Please send us an email at henriettacf at gmail.com. That's henriettacf at gmail.com. Once again, thank you for listening, and God bless.